0: We want to keep moving. Um, Just like when you cross that finish line, you don't want to sit down. I mean, yeah, if you want to go to the movie with your kids or something like that, go for it. You earned it. Relax a little bit, but don't sit on the couch all day. Maybe you ran, I don't know, we have a race here that's every Super Bowl Sunday, every year. It's an eight mile trail run. Don't come home and sit and watch the Super Bowl all day.
1: If you have ever asked yourself, how do I run a race injury-free or get out of the constant injury cycle, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, where I will teach you how to enjoy lifelong injury-free running so you can continue getting in those mental clearing runs and even hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty avid half marathoner, coach, running physical therapist, and founder of Spark Physical Therapy Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you have been told to stop running with an injury. Learn more about our signature coaching program at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now, on to the show. Before we get into this episode, if you are recovering from an injury and you want to make sure you are maximizing your nutrition to become a healthy runner, you'll want to check out Heal from The Amino Company. Later on in this episode, I will tell you more about HEAL and how it can help you with your injuries and overall recovery. Or you can check out the research yourself at aminoco.com slash healthy runner. Did you just finish a marathon? Are you wondering what to do after your race to speed up recovery? Hopefully you're catching this before your marathon because as you will see, Marathon recovery begins right after you cross the finish line. Welcome to episode 144 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. And I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, and I have with me a very special guest today, someone I know very well, an integral member of our team, and is no stranger to the show. Uh, Coach Whitney from our Healthy Runner coaching team is here with me today, and we are going to share marathon recovery tips Coach Whitney, how are we doing today? How are things going out in Arizona?
0: Hi, guys. I am great. Uh, We had a very freak thunderstorm today. We don't normally get them in October. So it was a little interesting. Actually, we lost power. So I was a little nervous this uh, interview might not happen, but we got power back. So we're good.
1: I am very excited that you got power back and yeah, you got some weather like we usually get here on the East Coast and certainly nothing what uh, Florida had to deal with uh, this past week with Hurricane Ian, Um, but I'm glad that your power is restored. Um, Definitely thinking about all the people down there who lost so much. Um, But as we get into today's talk, um, I want you guys out there to think about those that are running a marathon, um, you've put in the training, you've done all the runs, you've done the strength training in order to run, right. You've taken your rest and recovery days. You followed a nutrition plan that we've talked about before in the podcast, but now you're wondering, what do you do after the race is over? Right. So, this is what we're going to be talking about in today's episode, and Coach Whitney and I are going to really cover marathon recovery tips to allow your body to properly heal and allow that time to heal, so you can get back to being active and doing what you love, whether it is back on the road running or really getting back in the gym hitting some weights. I know I am certainly looking forward to doing that again. Um, so we're going to really talk about like what to do and what not to do. After your marathon. So, Coach Whitney, you know how we do this. Uh, give all the new listeners in our community, in our audience, a little bit about yourself and let them know how many marathons um, you have personally run.
0: So, like Twain said, my name is Whitney. I am one of the coaches on the Healthy Runner team. I actually am not local, I am in Southern Arizona in Tucson. So, while you guys are enjoying your nice, mild fall, it is still like 95 here, other than today. Um, and I'll actually be enjoying winter running while, well, unfortunately, a lot of you guys will be in the cold. It's like our prime training season. It's the winter. So I am also a mom. I have three kids, 11, nine, and six, and, um, I've been running, I don't know, eight ish years. I've done zero in-person marathons registered for my first in-person But I've done three virtual marathons, which I don't think is probably as fun as in-person marathons, but I've still done the distance. My kids have made, you know, the finish line for me to cross and the signs and all that stuff. Um, My last virtual was the virtual Boston, actually about a year ago, last October. So um, I'm actually excited to run my first in-person marathon in February out here in Arizona.
1: Well, I give you credit because yeah, definitely running a marathon is hard enough and to do it without the support on a course and the people like cheering you on throughout is pretty darn remarkable. So I know you are going to crush that uh, marathon that you do have on your calendar um, when the time comes. So I'm going to be looking forward to that. We're going to have to have you definitely update uh, us on that. And it's funny that you bring up the, you know, the signs that the kids made. I still have my sign that my girls made five years ago, and I still have the picture of how small they were and how much they've grown since. It's just like crazy, crazy. Um, But yeah, I have that sign literally in my garage. Like it's kind of off to the side. I've been looking at it for the last five years saying, Will I ever run twenty six point two again? And yeah, we are at the time of this recording right now. We're in race week, so I am in full blown uh, race week. I actually just went to Stop and Shop before to uh, stock up on my carbs um, as I start to you know shift my percentages of uh, the type of food that I eat, so I can get those glycogen stores nice and full to give me the energy and give me the spark I need um, for Saturday. So I'm getting uh, pretty spark. Indeed they do. And actually thank you for the reminder because um, those of you who follow us on our Spark Healthy Runner Instagram page um, and on Facebook, then you've probably seen that our Healthy Runner store is open. And I mentioned this in the last episode and that the deadline was going to be tomorrow, which is October 5th. Um, we've just decided that we are going to extend that by five days. So now you've got five extra days um, until 10, 10. Uh, so next Monday, you can get your carbs. Give me spark uh, hoodie, or you can get your strong mind, strong body, just keep running um, either performance tank top or performance long sleeve tee um, that are in women's cuts as well as men's cuts. So you can grab all of that. I will put the link uh, to check out the healthy runner store in the show notes um, below. So get in, Um, before we close up shop, because once it's closed, it's closed until next spring, guys. So get your orders in now. Um, I just love love the gear. Um, The design by Sean at Stiletto Running is amazing, and it always is a great conversation starter, and it gives us an opportunity to educate other runners out there and educate um, those that carbs are the source of energy that is best for us as runners, and carbs are not bad. Um, contrary to popular belief and culture out there um, and the whole diet culture thing. All right. So enough of that. But actually, um, we were just talking about this offline prior yesterday. I'll share this on the podcast. I shared this on social last night as I saw this and I was like, wow, this is pretty neat. Um, so yesterday I actually check and I do this periodically because I get kind of email updates about like status of the podcast, you know, how many downloads, you know, what are, where is it ranked in the, you know, the top 10 or really the top hundred, it gives me running podcasts in the USA. And we actually cracked for the first time ever. The healthy Runner podcast has cracked the top 10 in running podcasts. So I was very, very excited about that to see, you know, us up there and, and, you know, really just kind of mixed emotions as, you know, being a physical therapist who really said he could never be a runner because I always got shin splints or piriformis pain. Anytime I tried to run on a treadmill um, in college and in my twenties uh, to kind of, you know, let alone like who would have thought my career would kind of go down this path to actually having a running podcast when i never thought i would be a runner um so it's been a passion project of just getting you know good health information out there in the running community and just you know to educate right and so many medical practitioners out there just tell runners to stop running or they can't be a runner and that is not the case and it is just so nice to see our message spreading and you know so many of you who are listening to this have you know supported us along the way so you know i not only thank you guys the listeners because without you there would be no podcast right um for keeping the show going but you know thank you to our you know, sponsors who have been like huge partners for us, you know, Knox gear, you can the amino company, um, Neboso. they've been amazing partners and, you know, thank you to our team. Right. So coach Whitney does a lot of behind the scenes work for this podcast and really organizing all of our guests. Um, so thank you coach. I appreciate all you do. You're and welcome. it's fun. And you know, thanks to all of the guests that we've had, you know you know whether it is any of the other coaches on our team that you've heard from you know multiple times before, um, or it is any guests that we've brought on to share their knowledge and wisdom um, and that you know the goal is that we can all you know learn some knowledge, get smarter, um, get stronger, run faster but also stay healthy at the same time and running doesn't need to be painful. So I just love that the message is getting out there. And, you know, if you guys have already dropped the rating and review in Apple iTunes, I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart, um, honestly. And if you haven't like consider it, like, hit a little star rating, um, drop, you know, what you love best about the podcast. If you listen on Apple and if you listen on Spotify, just make sure, you know, you're following the show on Spotify and you hit the stars. It's even easier on Spotify if you're listening there. You do only have to type anything. You literally click a star, um, give us a rating. Uh, it just greatly um, helps the podcast get to more runners um, who are kind of searching up running things. All right, so thank you guys. I really appreciate all all the help that you've given us in continuing to really do what we love and just, you know, share information and share areas, you know, that we either have a particular um, content expertise in, or we're just like a couple of steps ahead of you. Right. And, you know, we're just sharing what we did, you know, a couple of months ago, a couple of years ago, and you're going to be in that spot, you know, that, we're in now in a couple of months or a couple of years. Um, so that's all we're doing here, and I appreciate the support. So let's get into today's topic of marathon recovery, right? This is very, very exciting. Um, so we're going to break this down into kind of three different phases of recovery. We're going to literally talk about like you cross that finish line. Hopefully, you have a big smile on your face. You're giving like a thumbs up. I'm sure I'm going to flex. I'm going to have my hands up. I don't even know what I'm going to be doing on Saturday. Um, who knows? There might be tears flowing down, uh, but you hit the stop on your watch, maybe. And then, like, hey, what do we do after that? <laughs> right? We're going to talk about that. And then what we're going to do when we get home. And then the next couple of days after the race. Um, so, yeah, what's the most important thing that we need to consider? um, with recovery. And then we can get into like, after we cross that finish line coach, um, what should we be doing?
0: So most importantly, you need to listen to your body. Um, Dwayne's recovery is going to be completely different than what I do for me. The timeline is going to be completely different, but you need to listen to your body. Um, and don't do what your friend's doing. Like you may have done your training every single run with Susie Q but your recovery, your body, your muscles, all of that is going to be completely different. Um, So listen to your body, talk to your coach, work together um, and just celebrate. You finished this, you did it. Like now let your body recover.
1: Okay, so Susie Q sounds fun to run with. Um, Got it. We want to listen to our body, make it individualized. We're going to share many tips today, but the key there is to just, you know, your body's best, especially if you've run other races before, maybe you haven't run a marathon yet. And this is your first, but you kind of have an idea of how your body responds. And then you will be able to monitor and change, right. Based upon what your plan was. Right. So if you set out and it's like, Hey, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, but you know what? You're really not feeling it. And your body's not, you know, feeling like it's ready for X, Y, Z. And then you're going to go to like A, B, C, and D maybe with Susie Q. I don't know why we have so many letters in this podcast already, but we do. So let's get, things are wacky during taper time, huh? I'm going to, this is going to be <laughs> it's an interesting crazies. episode. Paper
0: <laughs> <okay for> crazies. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully for, a lot of these things you've implemented throughout your training after those long runs. Uh, so you kind of know what might work but hopefully will work um but yeah listen to your body and adjust use the other letters
1: all right so what are some tips we have for right when we cross that finish line
0: so mo- most importantly when you cross that finish line don't stop don't sit down don't just stand there keep moving keep walking keep do like jog 15 10 15 minutes move around a lot of races have like a finish shoot you get your medal you kind of go through the corral some of them have like the table set up with the chocolate milk and the bagels and the bananas or you can go buy some shirts or whatever walk through that spend some time walking through that grab some chocolate milk grab all of the things um I was at a race actually the marathon I'm going to do in February I was at that race last year and My friend literally grabbed a crate, like from Costco, the boxes, and was just like putting all of the things in it and just carried it around with her. She didn't eat anything to start with. She just had this giant box. And yes, Sheena, I am talking about you. Giant box (laughs) with all this chocolate milk, popsicles and bagels and all this stuff. So just keep moving. Don't stop because your body is, that's like taking your car, going 60 miles an hour, slamming on the brakes. We don't do you don't do that. That's not good for your muscles. It's not good for your heart. That's not good for anything. So keep moving. Keep moving.
1: All right. So yeah, you do not, even though how much you want to sit, and just like you've been thinking about that finish line probably for like the last six miles at least, and you're like, I can't wait to get there. Like, do not collapse after the finish line and just like hang out on the ground, Um, try to keep moving because it will help promote that active recovery, help promote blood flow, right? Throughout your muscles, throughout your body, and just get things starting to work somewhat normal again, as your body has just been put through essentially a mild trauma, I'm going to call it, right? Or shock. And your body is already somewhat in protective mode because it thinks it's been, you know, chased by a lion for the last like 26 miles and is like what are you doing? why are you still running? um so you need to really allow your body to not just like you said slam on the brakes um as you're going from like, you know, 60 to 0 miles an hour. All right. right. Makes sense? All right, so what's hopefully your second you've been t- doing
0: that. Hopefully you've been doing that after your long runs too. Like I try to encourage my athletes to stop like a half mile from your house and walk the rest of the way. Like have that be your end point. And I typically do that. I live at the bottom of the hill. It's a half mile to the main street from my house. So I usually try and stop at the corner and walk home. So that's kind of enough time for me to kind of get everything still moving, but slowed down. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And another, um, good point too, is I know there are some runners out there who definitely, especially for your petite runners, um, and you're pretty small, um, your blood pressure might be kind of low. And especially if you have a history of like getting a little dizzy, like when you change positions quickly, right. If you like get up from lying down and you go right to standing and walking right away, um, you know, you definitely want to be careful because your blood has been pumping, you know, throughout your body this whole time and just stopping abruptly could cause some of that blood to just pool in your, in your legs and, you know, specifically in your feet and your ankles, um, and kind of decrease your blood pressure. And then you wind up getting dizzy and lightheaded and, you know, we don't want you passing out after the race, like you got through the race, right? You've done that. So let's not pass out after the race. So very good point there. What is tip number two? Uh,
0: Begin to refuel. Your body needs it. You're not going to be hungry. Like, I'll be honest with you. There are very few runners that finish a marathon and are like, give me all the food. That comes later in the day. That comes the following day, the next few days. But you do need to start refueling your body. That's how your muscles are going to start to repair themselves. So one of my favorites um, is chocolate milk. Although now I'm dairy-free, so I can't enjoy that, unfortunately. But chocolate milk has a very good balance between carbs and protein, which your body needs to start rebuilding your muscles and, you know, repairing, helping them to repair themselves, Um, being dairy-free. There is, I have found, it's not great in in carbs, but it's organ, plant, protein, shake, chocolate. They make it in these little milk cartons. You can buy them at Costco, throw them in the fridge. And it actually tastes pretty similar to chocolate milk. So I usually pair that with, now, I don't know how you say it, if it's Bobo's or Babos, little oatmeal bites, essentially. And they're pretty good um, carbohydrates. And that one is pumpkin spice because it's October. Pumpkin um, season. So it is pumpkin season, pumpkin everything. My daughter has just discovered pumpkin spice lattes and it's, it's dangerous, but anyways, (laughs) I digress. You need to start refueling. Like I said, you can go through that finish shoot. A lot of times these races will provide bananas. They'll provide oranges. They'll provide bagels, grab a bagel with some peanut butter. Maybe you're not ready to eat it right now, but eat it at least within 30 minutes of finishing. You want to start refueling your body.
1: All right. So being a new yorker originally like i i do have to call you out on how you how you call the bagel like what is this bagel what what is that i don't even know is that like an arizona thing is it a west coast thing it's weird
0: because i grew up in connecticut so you would think i could say it properly but yeah no that's one thing we don't have good bagels down here so my mom is actually gonna bring us some this weekend when she comes out from stew Leonard. Oh. so
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 Bagels are my go-to, uh, for, for my carbs. That is my treat. That is what I'm looking forward to having every morning this week, um, uh, for breakfast is a bagel and I will call it a bagel. bagel.
0: <laughs> yes. I am still searching for a good replacement now that I am gluten-free and egg-free because you can find gluten-free, but you can't find gluten-free and egg-free that so doesn't taste like dirt. So yes. working on that.
1: Yeah, that is so true. Um, All right. So we are refueling, even though we don't want to or feel like we need to right after the race, but we're almost forcing some fuel in our bodies because we know it is going to help kickstart some recovery, help start to begin to get out of this carbohydrate deficit that we're in when we've burned off all of our glycogen stores and start to send some protein and some amino acids to our muscles that are really starving at this point from being broken down and to start, uh, some of that synthesis and, um, recovery of our muscles after. All right. So
0: you mentioned amino acids and I happen to have Keel right in front of me here, um, from the amino company. This is a good time to have this right after your race, maybe not as soon as you cross the finish line, but you know, a cup, a little bit after, um, it's fantastic. You can use that. You put it in your shaker cup, drink it down. It will help to repair all those muscles that you've kind of torn up a little bit during your race. So that's a good thing as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Amino acids, big fan. I mentioned it on the show before, um, even leading up to the race and certainly after the race, Um, you're definitely going to need to recover those muscles um, after the race. And that is one way to make sure that you have all of the essential amino acids that your muscles need in order to repair themselves and recover. So, yes, I'm glad that you mentioned that.
0: And that actually leads into tip number three rehydrate. So, while you're rehydrating, you can have your amino acids, but you want to rehydrate. And that doesn't mean just water, honestly. Um, You want to replace those electrolytes that you sweat out during those 26.2 miles. Um, That's a lot of sweat. Uh, Hopefully, you're doing a nice fall race or spring race where it's not 90 degrees, um, but you're still going to be sweating. You're still going to be losing salt. You're still going to be losing all those electrolytes that come out with your sweat. So, yes, water is important. And I would say drink your water, have a like a pole and spring bottle. You don't have to go crazy and have 40 ounces of water, but have a decent amount of water first, and then you can start replacing your electrolytes. Um, there are a lot of companies out there that you can use to help you replace those electrolytes. You can, has a fantastic um, hydration supplement. You just mix it in with your water. Um, they have a lot of different flavors. They're pretty good, um, but you want to make sure that you're sipping whatever you're drinking. You do not want to be chugging it because that is going to cause your stomach to freak out and actually causes a lot of stomach issues if you chug water after a hard run.
1: All right. So no chugging the water, but take your sips. And yeah, this is something that is always, you know, I am still like fascinated by somewhat, I guess. I don't know if it's like the little boy in me, right? It's like after your race and you go ahead and you pee, right? Like why in the heck is the color of your urine like so dark? Even though you've like rehydrated, you've hydrated during the race, you prehydrated before the race. Um it always like fascinates me that like that is the telltale sign of like how dehydrated your body actually is So, you know, they say to use the urine test and, you know, if it is a dark, like amber color, like that is a good indication to you to say, Hey, I need to drink more water because my kidneys, my body is not functioning as it should. um, And I need more fluid. Um, And it is always more than you think you need um, or, or more than you're going to be thirsty for. Right. You're not gonna be craving to have that much, but that's always a good test for me. And I'm like, wow, okay, I still need to keep drinking. Like, keep drinking here, Dwayne. Um, you're not fully, you know, hydrated enough yet. Um all yeah, right, not so just
0: that-, that day. Like it's it takes a couple of days. You need to like we like you said, you prehydrate a couple of days before you're making sure you're having extra water, extra electrolytes, all that kind of stuff. Same with a couple of days after you need to keep keep drinking, take that water bottle with you everywhere and just drink and drink and drink. Get your water, flush that system out again.
1: Good tip. And then um so the the fourth tip really you kind of uh mentioned already is the electrolytes, right? And yeah, just I kind of merged sure, those too. Yeah. yeah. And make sure that you are replenishing with the electrolytes um as well as water. Um but from what you mentioned, like do the water first. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, taking in small doses as opposed to gulping and then, you know, get in those electrolytes. Okay. So just kind of recapping there, like immediately after your race, like at the race, ideally we're moving around. We're beginning to take in some food, beginning to start refueling with some carbs and protein. This is where we want the protein and that we wanted to kind of minimize and limit before the race. Now we actually need that protein to help our muscles begin to recover. And then we're rehydrating with not only water, but also electrolytes. All right. Yes. Got it. Yeah. So now, you know, we finally get home. We uh, finally take that shower. And hopefully if you listen to like all our other tips and like, you know, you're not chafed right? You like the shower is a pleasant experience. You're not like screaming. That's um, when you find because... the chafe. <laughs> that is when you're going to find the chafe in the shower. <laughs> I think it's like, <sighs> who has not been there before? Well, right? I can like... like feel it. <laughs> um, hopefully that's not you, right? You use your squirrels, not butter or whatever, you know, anti-chafe cream of choice that you've practiced with um, in all of your training. And yeah, so what are some of the things that we can do to help stimulate recovery after a marathon, you know, the rest of the day um, of our race?
0: So actually, elevate is a great one. Elevate your legs. Um, However, I, you're going to think this is really gross, but I like to come home and throw like a towel down on my yoga mat and put my feet up on the wall before I shower. 10, 15 minutes with my feet up on the wall. Usually that's when I'm like scrolling social media, seeing who else raced that weekend, that day, posting my pictures, whatever. 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes I'm drinking more chocolate milk or whatever it is while I'm doing that. And then I shower. And then I'm elevating. And each time I'm really sitting, um, which I try not to do a lot the day of a race or a few days following, um, keeping my feet up, elevating. Um, You can sit in a recliner and, chip back, get those feet up, whatever you need to do, prop some pillows under your feet. It's a great time to put your feet on your spouse, have them massage your feet while you're doing that (laughs) or your kids. You can bribe them with cookies, Um, but get your feet up. It'll help get the blood kind of out of your, out of your feet. Keep them, keep the blood from pooling down there. You don't want that.
1: Yeah, it's in a dependent position when we're sitting and a lot of people like think if they sit and just prop their foot up on like a chair or an ottoman that's elevating, you got to get it above heart rate ideally. Um, So even some of the recliners, depending upon like I have one recliner that like really takes you back. Um, So I feel like it is above my heart rate or heart rate above my heart. You think I'm like thinking about heart rate training or something Um, above my heart level versus like I have another recliner where like my upper body's still in like a sitting position where that's not going to be as advantageous. If you don't have a recliner, I usually like tell people, you know, if you can literally like sit on the sofa and put both feet up on like the back of the sofa um, and you can kind of get yourself comfortable in that position. Um, that's, that's definitely a helpful strategy is, yeah, I love that elevation or sometimes I'll even just lay on my floor and put my legs up on my uh, couch or sofa and um, put in my little uh, toe spacers, put in, you know, get a little stretch and separate those toes. I've been like, you know, working hard during uh, during that race and put in my neboso splays and just to get a little gentle like toe stretch while I'm in that uh, position as well. And the other thing I would encourage you all to do is – you know, definitely pump the ankles every now and again. So we use that, you know, in in post-op rehab, right? Uh, For anyone who's had a knee surgery, ACL, or, you know, any ankle surgeries or ankle sprains, right? To decrease swelling in the ankles, you know, we do ankle pumps. So like just pumping the feet up and down also helps the muscle pump out some of the fluid uh, so you don't tend to swell And, you know, get some like crazy tinkles or something after your uh, marathon. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely a a good point there, elevating the legs.
0: Yeah, I have a specific spot in our office. I put my yoga mat down and my feet go up on like the cabinet. Yeah. Nice. My kids know that's where they can find me the first like half hour after I get home from a race (laughs) or a long run or a hard workout or something. So, and then I shower and then I'm like clean and smell better. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. So what's the, uh, second tip that we have for after, um, you know, your home still the day of the race, what else uh, can we do to help stimulate some of that recovery?
0: Um, so after that, you want to make sure that you're not everybody. I hate ice baths, but you want to soak your feet. You want to get the muscles kind of in a nice, cool bath. You do not need to throw 500 pounds of ice cubes in your bathtub. You don't even have to get into the bathtub if you don't want. Um, You can soak your feet. You can get a big old tub. You can get a Home Depot bucket. If your feet are small enough to fit in it, um, fill it with some lukewarm tap water, whatever comes out of your faucet. Ours is not lukewarm. It's pretty warm. Um, So I do throw ice cubes in there just to kind of give it Arizona cold. Um, But I throw some Epsom salts actually into the water as well um, to help soak my feet and you know get that recovery going on my feet it feels good yeah. and if you use the home depot bucket it kind of goes uh, almost up up to your knee almost so you get a good portion of your leg soaking in there mm-hmm. i do not like ice baths i've done it once and i complained and yelled and said some bad words the whole time and said i would never do it again
1: yeah so. uh same same here <laughs> I've tried it like twice and I was like, that was the most torturous thing. And then I was listening to another podcast like a couple months ago and I feel like they shared some of the research on it. And I I believe, I don't want to like say this is fact at all, but I believe I did hear that the research does not support um, a lot of benefit from doing the ice baths and even versus this- like whirlpool yeah. and warm water. Um, so the ice bath is super uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, if you're into torturing yourself kind of thing, then go for it. Um, uh, but yeah, I honestly, what I do and what I've done, like after all of my long runs is do the same thing as your Epsom salt bath. I have like, have a little foot. I don't even know what you call it. Spa thing, right. Like, like, a pedicure tub. To, like bed, bathing beyond or something. Um, and I just fill that, put the Epsom salt in there. It's got a little like moves the water around a little whirlpool action. And yeah, I'll do that for like 15, 20 minutes. Feet feel rejuvenated. Um, they feel great after that. So yeah, big fan of the Epsom salt, uh, baths. And I love how my feet feel after it. And even, you know, with the warm, you know, the warm water, number one, it's good for the skin. Um, and then it just makes, they just feel rejuvenated. Right. And it feels like, okay, now they can, start doing some type of mobility stuff. Um, because now they're kind of loosened up a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if I listened to the same podcast as you a little while ago, but I heard the same okay. thing that like if you enjoy it, do it. But there really is no scientific benefit to the ICE bath. So some people right. might enjoy it. Um I, I don't know who those people are, but yeah.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Excellent. So what else do we want to do after, we, after we're done doing uh, some foot soaking?
0: We want to keep moving. Um, just like when you cross that finish line, you don't want to sit down. I mean, yeah, if you want to go to the movie with your kids or something like that, go for it. You earned it. Relax a little bit. But don't sit on the couch all day. Maybe you ran. I don't know. We have a race here that's every Super Bowl Sunday, every year. It, it's an eight-mile trail run. Don't come home and sit and watch the Super Bowl all day. Like, don't do that. If you're going to sit and do that, elevate your feet. Maybe every 20 minutes, get up, walk around, go get some fuel. Maybe not chicken wings, but go get something to eat. Get up, move around, take your kids to the park. Um, That's what I did after the virtual Boston. We went to the park and I chased them up and down the playground and the slide. There's like a two-story slide. It's pretty cool. You know, do something like that. Go for a walk, go to the zoo, go to the grocery store. Cause that's, you know, half an hour of you walking around. Um, you don't want to just sit. That is not going to be good for your muscles as much as you're going to want to just do that because you're tired because you ran 26.2 miles and that's a long way. Don't do it in small doses. That's you deserve true. to dress a little,
1: but keep, keep moving around. So just, just keep moving. moving. Even if you are, um, you know, going to be sitting, I would recommend reclining, as we talked about before, versus like sitting with your knees at like a ninety degree angle, um, just because it it will you know decrease kind of the blood flow and things moving around to help stimulate that recovery. Um, and you know, this is the time where it's like helpful for someone like myself who's got a little like. Mild EDD going on where I can't sit still. Um, I, you know, my wife hates it. It's like I'm constantly moving around. Um, this is like a benefit, right? Where I, I won't. It's really hard for me to sit anywhere in like the same spot for an hour, two hours, three hours. Um, it's like I got to get up and you know roll my foot or you know get on my foam roller, like mobilize my thoracic spine, right? Like I'm always doing something. Um, So this is, this is a good thing is to kind of move around. And, you know, like you said, you, you, you've been on your feet all day, especially if you get there really early to your race and you're at the after party, so to speak for a while. I remember last year at Hartford, um, coach Latoya and I were literally closing things down. We were like taking pumpkins home and mom's home because they were like closing everything and the beer garden was closed off So, You know, I anticipate Saturday is going to be literally standing on my feet from what, like 6 a.m. until 3 p.m. So, you know, I'm going to definitely need to get off of them, but I'm going to be, you know, thinking about your tip on, you know, when I am relaxing on the couch with my feet elevated, I will be periodically getting up because I'm going to have to drink anyway. Right. I'm going to have to um, replenish, you know, my water. So my electrolytes, so I got to get up, move around a little bit. Um, And yeah, this is like real fun, weird fact, I guess, not weird, but um, right before we hopped on, my wife just got like a notification from Netflix that like Blacklist was back. I was like, perfect. There we go. We can uh, watch that. That'll be the marathon recovery, um, you know, show of choice. We can do that as I elevate and actually have some time to kind of just like relax
0: yeah. And if you're drinking enough, you're having to get up enough to go to the bathroom that you're not just sitting nonstop.
1: There we go. Yes. I mean,
0: it, that doesn't really count as much movement, but maybe you need to go refill your water bottle and get another snack. So
1: <laughs> that get is some popcorn,
0: true. Watch Blacklist. This I don't know. Life
1: doesn't sound bad after the marathon, <laughs> you know, just like hang out the couch. Like get up replenish your 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 fuel get some more food get some more hydration you know go to the bathroom and then hey relax a little bit more this is sounding good i'm looking forward to my saturday and sunday this weekend <laughs> that's like never my saturday and sunday on a weekend it's traveling to whatever volleyball tournament or you know getting runs in and and you know getting work done and kind of crazy stuff. All right. So any other tips we want to think about, um, that day that we haven't covered?
0: I would say compression socks. You want to Mm. put on compression socks, um, and socks, not sleeves. Sleeves are great, but not after this distance. You really want something that's going to help the blood get from your toes all the way back up to your heart. And when you wear the compression sleeves, blood tends to pool down below the ankle and we don't, you don't want that. So. If you have a pair of compression socks, I recommend putting them on after you shower. And I don't even know when it was, but I posted a little tip on Facebook or on social media know, last year on how to get them on easier. Um, so turn them inside out, start with the toes and like roll them up your leg on in like two seconds. You don't have to fight with them. Um, but wear those, Wear those as soon as you get out of the shower after your race, wear them that day, wear them the next day, um,
1: and you get some really fun ones. It's yeah. Fashionable. Big fan of the compression socks myself. I will be wearing sleeves for my race because my Balega socks are literally the best socks that I won't get any blisters with. Um, so that works for me. And then I do the sleeves um, over the uh, quarter, quarter socks. Um, but you're right. When I get home, I will definitely be using my full length compression socks and I will definitely be trying to put on if I can bend and reach <laughs> that that far. Um, yeah. I will be putting on my tightest fit ones on that day. And then most likely following that up with my Naboso recovery full-length socks. Um, after that, that give me that little like massage on the bottom of my foot that I love. Um, so yeah, those are awesome. Oh, you got them there. Cool. A the little
0: bumpies, yeah. Yes. So you guys are listening. You can't see this, but the inside of these socks have little, they're almost like pyramids um, that kind of massage your feet when you wear them. And they're fantastic. They feel really good. I wear them all the time. Um,
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love my Naboso uh, recovery socks for recovery. And then even I love wearing them even before runs just to help stimulate my sensory system to help activate my deep foot muscles. Um, and actually maybe I will mention that. Cause I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast yet, but, um, for those that listen to the podcast regularly and you've maybe checked out our YouTube channel, just go to spark healthy runner on YouTube. I posted, um, the single best foot exercise, um, that you can do as runners to help activate your deep foot muscles. Um, so you will see that in the, um, in one of the kind of playlist front. um, Check that out. It's called the short foot exercise, or if you search that in YouTube and, you know, you go to our channel, you'll definitely find it. But very helpful exercise that I learned from Dr. Emily Splickle, who's been on the podcast before from Noboso, And I've kind of integrated that into my pre-run routine. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to post my custom progression for runners, um, where we actually activate that short foot, um, and use those deep foot muscles and then do some other running specific muscle activation exercises. So I'm excited to release that in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, but yeah, get that video. It's a very, um, informative instructional video where I talk you through exactly how to do the exercise and we got some nice graphics and things like that to kind of, um, Implement that into your pre-run routine because I know that's been super helpful for me, and really, honestly, me getting too. rid of my mild plantar fasciitis symptoms. So I'm super excited about that. Um, all right, so we digress. I had the
0: same. <laughs> I had the same thing. I had like mild plantar fasciitis like last week, and I started doing those exercises, and poof, it was like magic.
1: Awesome. Yeah. No, I'm happy yeah. to hear about that. I remember us messaging, and so cool. Nice. I'm glad they've helped you out. I know I've had a couple of people reach out like that have started uh, doing them and it's been super helpful. So I'm glad that um, people are benefiting from it. All right. Anything else? Day
0: Day of refuel. We talked about right after, but now you're home, you've showered, maybe your metabolism's kicked in and you're like, Oh, I need to eat. I need to eat. I need to eat. I'm starving. Go ahead. Eat by all means eat, but don't binge. And it's gonna be really hard to do. Like you mentioned before, most races have beer gardens at the end. You get your little thing at the bottom of your bib to go and get your beer. Do that, but make sure you have some food in your system before you do, because that make you a little, as my mom says, pretty. Um (laughs) but have some carbohydrates before you have your beer. Do not go out and eat like the big old greasy hamburger that you've been dying to have that you didn't do this week so you didn't want to have all that extra protein or the grease or whatever you can have that but maybe have like half of it because your stomach has just been through a marathon um and while we think that it's really our leg muscles that get worked during the marathon your stomach does too um your stomach you know all the adrenaline and everything the flight or f- fight or flight, flight. or flight there we go words um response affects your digestive system as well so throwing in all that greasy food the cheeseburgers the pizza all that stuff sounds fantastic and yes you can enjoy it but maybe not that afternoon maybe wait until the next day to have your like celebration extravaganza um have something that you want but maybe just smaller portions of it don't eat the entire gallon of ice cream maybe start with like half a pint
1: Yeah, no, I I think you bring up a good point. And I remember this distinctly from my first marathon in that it literally took me days for my digestive system to like start working properly again. And I think it is all about, you know, the blood flow during the marathon is being flushed to your musculoskeletal system, to your muscles. It is not going to your, what we call our smooth muscles that kind of work our organs, right? And your digestive system. Um, so it really takes a while for the digestive system to actually start working again, um, and digesting food as it should. Um, so I'm hoping, um, that doesn't happen this time around as much. Cause I just remember that not being very pleasant and I just didn't feel great, but I think your tip is, is well taken cause everyone has that. Honestly, like I'm kind of thinking that myself, like, heck, after I finish the marathon, like, hey, we're going to Pepe's Pizza, right? I'm going to be like refueling and I'm going to enjoy refueling, but don't go overboard, right? Like you said, um, you know, your stomach might not be able to handle a lot of food. So just go on your cues and how you're feeling. And I think your point about like smaller portions and meals every few hours is going to be more beneficial for the body recovery standpoint, as well as honestly, your GI system, probably tolerating the fuel that you are putting in your body, um, after the race. So you don't feel like terrible.
0: Yeah. And you can always take that pizza and have it later. Like pizza's great leftover. So have enjoy it, but small don't eat
1: the whole pie is what you're saying
0: right don't have a whole like large pizza to yourself maybe have one or two slices and see how you feel I always say yes. that to my kids give it a minute see how you feel if you're still hungry have some more like it's, don't don't it's, overdo it because it's hard
1: it. for like you'll you know someone it. who's Italian and like you know I grew up in an Italian family like we all just ate as fast as possible And yeah, that's something I struggle with. So I'm going to have to really try to slow down my eating. So uh, I don't overeat and feel terrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My kids like race each other to eat thinking there won't be left enough leftovers. And I'm like, guys, like, I mean, I did the same thing and I don't know if it's the Italian thing because I'm Italian. Like I'm an only child. I didn't have to race anybody for food, but my kids like, they'll go to get leftovers instead of grabbing like one slice of something. They'll grab like six. I'm like, just start with one. Like, what are you doing? (laughs)
1: Yep. yep. <laughs> we all know one of the most frustrating parts about running is suffering an injury and bouncing back from that injury. We all know how important it is to get a proper diagnosis, properly load the tissue with specific strengthening exercises, incorporate mobility, and strengthen your surrounding run specific muscles if you have listened to any of the running injury episodes on this podcast. An often neglected aspect of injury recovery and becoming a lifelong injury-free healthy runner is the nutritional component. For injuries to properly heal and allow your body to recover faster, you must supply your body with the nutrients it needs to accelerate muscle repair, and that is what the Amino Company's product, Heal, does better than any other product I have seen on the market as a physical therapist who works with a lot of runners struggling with recurring injuries. HEAL is designed to reduce recovery times and improve physical function after injuries by accelerating muscle repair while helping maintain a healthy inflammatory response. In fact, a recent clinical trial compared HEAL with high-quality whey protein. The net balance between whole-body protein synthesis and breakdown was measured, And the response was that HEAL was found to be at least three times larger than that of whey protein on a gram-for-gram basis. HEAL was shown to both reduce muscle protein breakdown and increase muscle protein synthesis. So let's break down the results of this clinical trial in a way we can understand. Participants basically had less muscle breakdown and faster muscle repair using HEAL. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage while recovering from that stubborn IT band syndrome, Achilles, hamstring, or posterior tibial tendonitis, or even recovering from your daily training, if you are healthy, I highly recommend you give HEAL a try. I recommend it to all my athletes coming back from injury or those that are struggling to recover after hard workouts that I put on their running calendar. We even have a special offer for you where you can save 30% off by using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to Aminoco.com slash HEALTHYRUNNER. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash HEALTHYRUNNER. And use the code HEALTHYRUNNER at checkout to save 30%. All right. So I think we covered everything kind of that day of the race, correct? Yes. All right. So now... You hopefully get uh, some nice rest and you sleep hard, hopefully, (laughs) and you don't have to wake up to an alarm clock the next day, right? And you can just allow your body to get up when it's ready to get up, um, hopefully. And those of you with young kids, I'm sorry if you can't have that happen to you or like bribe your spouse to like, Hey, make sure you got the kids, like take care of them. Like, let me get up when the heck I just freaking ran 26.2 miles, right? Let me just get up when my body is ready to get up, right? You turn on the TV, get them their little waffles, their milk and all that stuff. I remember those days when my girls were younger and coming in at like 5am, like,
0: (laughs) Oh, we have those clocks now that turn yellow, like they're blue all night and they turn yellow when they're allowed to come out of their rooms. Like my, my youngest is six. We still use those clocks in everybody's rooms because I'm like, no, no, no. Even when I'm not like training for anything, like don't, you don't need to be down here at five o'clock in the morning. You just, you don't.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we've hopefully gotten a good night's sleep. Um, So what do we want to, you know, think about in terms of recovery Really, you know, 24 hours after our race, um, you know, what do we want to do to really help this recovery process?
0: So 24, 48 hours-ish, somewhere in that time window is when the, DOM, the delayed onset muscle soreness is going to start to kick in. So maybe race day, you felt great. Your legs were maybe a little tired, but they weren't really sore. That's probably going to be kicking in right around now, maybe, maybe the next day, um, somewhere in that range. So you want to foam roll, you want to take care of those muscles. You want to foam roll, you want to have your spouse massage your legs, massage your feet, kind of get those muscles softened isn't the right word, but like moving, moved around. If you I, I'm not a big fan of getting a massage at the race massage tent right after a marathon or a race, um, but maybe the next day or two days after races on saturday maybe schedule one for monday at some point monday or tuesday get a massage splurge on that um foam roll foam roll foam roll foam roll use your massage gun um just kind of get those muscles working and not working in the sense of running but moving
1: yeah yeah so just doing some of that soft tissue care whether it's that massage gun foam roller um lacrosse ball honestly might be a little aggressive uh (laughs) so you know think gentle right you're not trying to do any like deep tissue trigger point stuff um gentle soft tissue care to really just increase maybe the pliability of the muscles and honestly stimulate more blood flow right because it is that blood flow that is going to help this recovery process and you know just gentle movement and will also really help you get through this delayed onset muscle soreness, um, that coach Whitney talked about, but yeah, that's when you can expect it. Um, you know, 24 to 48 hours. And probably after a marathon again, it's been five years for me, but probably up to 72 hours. Um, you know, for some can feel that. And I was actually just messaging with, uh, Rachel, uh, earlier today who works with coach Lou and she just, I guess I'll, uh, this is actually, you guys actually know Rachel. Um, she was on the podcast in the forties. Cause I did look this up after last time mentioning her name when we were with coach Lou. Um, but we shared Rachel's story in, on the podcast about like how she got a half marathon PR and she's been working super hard, has, increased her marath half marathon time and has finally decided to tackle her first marathon. And she absolutely smashed it, <laughs> like not even like crushed it. Um, she's been working with coach Lou um, during this training cycle. And yeah, I'm just so proud of her. And we were messaging, I was asking how her legs were. Um, and today is Tuesday at the time of this recording. So she's like 48 hours out and she's like, Yeah. They're not too bad. And considering like how fast she ran. um, Yeah. That's like super impressive, but you guys can expect up to two to three days after, you know, going downstairs is going to be pretty hard because you use your quad muscles to, you never probably realized it because it wasn't hard for you to do and to go downstairs. But when your muscles are sore, you're like, Oh, hello, quads. There you are. Um, and I remember, you know, always learning about in PT school, kind of what muscles function when you go up and downstairs and it's like downstairs is what we call eccentric. So it's when the muscles lengthening and there's more demand, and then you're going downstairs and you don't ever think about your quads working eccentrically, but when they are super sore from running a marathon, you're like, Oh, that's what they meant when my quads are actually working (laughs) when I'm going downstairs. (laughs) So yeah, I'm somewhat looking forward to that. Maybe, I guess that feeling, which would have meant that I ran a nice hard race.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Foam roll. Foam roll those legs. There we go. Foam roll. It will hurt. I'm not going to lie. Those first few days, it's going to hurt, but like in a good way, because you know, like you said, you ran a hard race, but the more you do it, The less it hurts, the more recovered you're going to feel. Um, I have clients that ask me, well, when, how often should I foam roll? And I tell them all the time, like, if you think about it, do it. If you get out of the shower, you foam roll. If you put on one sock, you foam roll. Like, just do it. Anytime you walk past it or you think about a foam roller, do it. Like, even if it's just, you just have time to roll your calves, just roll your calves. Then the next time you do your hamstrings, whatever time you have to commit or give to the foam rolling it's going to benefit you like it really will um,
1: absolutely yeah. can't, you and can't if you guys if you guys aren't sure how to foam roll like certain muscles, um, we have a great instructional video on our YouTube channel as well um, if there's actually a foam roll playlist, um, I believe still I am going to restructure some of those playlists but Um, There should still be a foam roll playlist, or if you just like type in foam rolling for runners in uh, the Spark Healthy Runner YouTube channel, it will definitely come up. Um, It's got a bunch of views on that one. And then I actually, for those who follow on social, I just recorded um, an IG reel um, that's in draft mode right now that I'll be posting in the next couple of days of how to actually do your massage gun to each of the running specific muscles and how I like to do that. Um, When you do this, um, you want to do it in the shortened position of the muscle, not in the stretch position, especially even for recovery, because you want that muscle to be like on slack as you are adding that massage in there. So I kind of go through of how to do that for the hamstrings, the calf muscles, the TFL, IT band. um, So, and even the adductors, because I know those guys are going to be sore after my race. My adductors are never sore, but those inner thigh muscles, some reason, always after a race, I feel those adductors. Uh, That's like the only time I ever um, really feel besides my Copenhagen planks um, when I'm working them in, in strength training. Besides that, usually never feel those adductors, but yeah, after a race, here they are. All right. So besides foam rolling, soft tissue care, what else do we want to do those next couple of days?
0: You want to keep moving. And I feel like that's a theme we have for recovery. Keep moving. Um, go for walks, even a light run. I would say not those first few days. Um, but like, I th- so. This is going to totally depend on one, how experienced of a runner you are, how hard you ran, um, if you did a full marathon or if you did a half or 5K or whatever that is. But talk to your coach about how many days off you should take directly following your race. Some runners, um, I've worked with Emily three training cycles. Now, I believe she just finished Copenhagen marathon. Um, and she, I only have her take, I only had her take three days off of running. I told her she could walk, she could do that kind of thing. And then she did, went for a two mile run an easy, like easier than easy run because I knew that she, this wasn't the end of her running season, um, for the year that she put in for the London marathon. I hope that's not a secret. Sorry, Emily, if it was, um, for the lottery. So there's a possibility that she's going to run that marathon in April. And if that's the case, she still needs to be working on her base phase. So for her to take off a week, two weeks, whatever is not, is not going to be beneficial for her. Um, so a couple days, some light running, some walks, that kind of stuff. And like the week following her race, I think she only did two runs and it was like a two miler, maybe two two milers or a two and a three. Nothing huge, nothing crazy, super, super easy. And then we gradually kind of increase. But you don't want to race on Saturday and then go for a run on Sunday. That's going to hurt. That's going to really hurt. Go for a walk. Go lounge in the pool and like float around while your kids play. Get those muscles moving, but not in an intense vigorous workout go for a bike ride with your kids or your spouse go do an easy hike not anything intense but go out into the woods and walk around do something to get the blood flowing um and don't like we don't want you to sit down and just be a blob all weekend um as much fun as that sounds it won't be beneficial <laughs> to your legs um So get up and walk, swim, easy bike, something to kind of keep the legs going.
1: Yeah. So changing positions, right? And just kind of varying that position. But yeah, as far as that, you know, when do you start running again? Question. I I do, you know, agree that is very individualized. Um, And we really depend upon, I think, how you feel physically, but then honestly, also, how do you feel mentally? And there are some of you out there that probably grinded through your marathon training cycle. Maybe you didn't have the best training, maybe not the best consistency. Maybe you had an injury that you were kind of battling through. Um, And if that's you where you're really beaten up, after the training cycle, then you're definitely going to want to take some more recovery, meaning no running after the marathon. If, you know, as, as I speak right now, before my marathon, I guess, uh, four days before my marathon, I actually feel like better during this marathon training cycle than I did for my last two half marathon training cycles, um, believe it or not. And don't feel injured whatsoever. Don't feel burnt out. Don't feel like mentally drained and that, you know, I need a break from running. I would imagine, obviously I'm going to see how I feel after the race, but I think, you know, I'm going to be a little on the quicker side to kind of get back into doing things. I'll see how I feel, but it's going to really be an individual decision based upon your physical status as well as your mental status. And for many of you, if like running was like a chore and you really weren't enjoying the process and the training, like take a mental break, right? Like find another form of exercise, like that you're going to be motivated about and actually enjoy doing. Um, versus going right back at running. If you were getting to the point where you were like, this running thing is kind of like a drain, right? Like this is not fun. Um, Because you should love it, right? You should have fun with it. You want it to be that outlet um, for your life and kind of stress relief and all of that. Um, so I always bring in that mental side as well, cause we've had, you know, some runners kind of just get burnt out quite frankly. And if that's you, you definitely need a longer break from running, um, you know, from a mental side, as well as, you know, considering what your physical status is, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, if you are of the belief that you train for a marathon, you grind your body into the ground, and you wind up having like two running related injuries right before your race, and you just, you know, cross your fingers that you're going to finish and be able to get the best race. And then you think, okay, now I'm going to rehab for the next two or three months. Um, That's not going to be the best long term strategy. As you look to build back up for your next marathon. Um, So if you are thinking that is your recovery strategy, I want you to consider um, maybe doing it, um, a little smarter and really building up that foundation and base training in your off season. So you don't get injured and you train properly, like everything we talk about on this show. And, you know, you can actually enjoy the process and that's really how our fitness improves. Like all of us, let's be honest, we all want to get faster, right? For the most part, um, whether it is 10 seconds faster, 20 seconds, like we all don't want to qualify for Boston right but we would like to get faster and that's what a lot of runners tell me whether it is you want to run a 12 minute mile some of you might run a a 10 minute mile some want to run an eight minute mile right and when you run that depending on what race distance right um it all depends but for the most part we want to see like hey that we're getting better as runners and you know in order to do that and stay healthy, then we need to do that the right way. So recovery shouldn't be rehab for like two or three months and you go see your PT three times a week for like the next two or three months. And then your injury is healed, so to speak, right? There are ways that we can heal our injuries while we are still running, as we've talked about many of the injury episodes that we have on the show. All right. I'm going to get on a big soapbox and should turn into a five hour episode. So we should probably get to the next tip. What's the next tip coach?
0: The next tip is don't race. Like you just finished a big race. So you can start thinking about your next race, but let's hold off like four to six weeks, do some easy running, do some walking, do some a different physical activity. Maybe it's getting back into the gym, um, but let's not, sign up to try and PR or 5k next week. Like that's just a bad idea. Let's not do that. That's asking for an injury, an overuse injury. We don't, we don't want to see you do that. That's just not good. So listen to your body mentally, physically, and just be okay with the fact that you need some time before you can race again.
1: Yeah. A marathon is not a 5k, right? Like many of you guys can race 5Ks weekend after weekend. Um, I I don't race, race a 5K weekend after weekend, but I know many people who do and they recover just fine. If you're younger, uh, you will recover quicker. But a marathon is a whole nother game and a whole nother stress to your body. Um, As we talked about, like, you know, organs are literally not functioning to their optimal level, whether it's your kidneys with filtering out um, and, you know, staying hydrated um, or it's your circulatory system or it's your digestive system, right? So it's not only the stresses you put on your muscles and kind of testing your cardiovascular fitness, like your body has been through a, as I mentioned before, like a mini trauma, you need to allow time before you put it through another mini trauma again, um, no matter what race distance. So, I completely agree. Yeah,
0: body needs time, and your brain, your mind, does too. Like you can't, you can't just be training and training and training and training and training. Like mentally, you need a break. So, give yourself that break. Enjoy the time to just enjoy running without having super structured workouts and super structured long runs, if you want to go for a four mile long run instead of a six mile long run, do it, like enjoy it. This is a time to enjoy all of it again.
1: Yeah. And if you guys think about like what you've been doing during your whole marathon training cycle, whether it was 16 weeks, 20 weeks, um, 24 weeks, right? You've been gradually, essentially, if you visualize, those that are listening to the audio version, a like an incremental slope or in a, a slow rise of like an elevation, like if you're running up a slow elevation, and then you hit this peak, right, in your fitness and in your training, and we taper down a little bit before the race so we feel fresh, and we're at our peak fitness for the race. Like that's the event, right? That's like our Olympics, right? Like that is the thing that we've been training for for so long. And it's not just the last four, five, six months, it's the last year, two years, five years, 10 years, right? That you've been building this body of work for this time. And when you put out that hard effort that you're going to put out for your marathon, then you need a sudden decrease in activity. In order to allow recovery of your body. So if you jump back in too quickly and start pushing it too early, that's when injuries occur. And I've seen so many runners that literally was like, Hey, I didn't have any runner's knee. You know, when I was peaking in my training, doing my 20 miler or it band pain in my 20 miler, um, or even the race, I felt great. Like I I get so many people who say like, Hey, I felt fine during the race. And then when I started running, you know, a week later, I started having some knee pain. And that's such a common thing that I see. So I just want you guys to make sure that you're listening to your bodies and you're not putting pressure on yourself to get back into running the same pieces that you were during training or the same mileage or trying to do that, you know, 5K, 10K, half marathon, like right away, you know, the next couple of weeks after. Allow that time for recovery.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And my last tip would be the post-race blues are a real thing, and it's completely normal. You are not odd. It's nothing to be worried about. But you have this buildup of 16 weeks, 18, 20, whatever, however long your training cycle was. You've been, this has been what you focused on. You wake up thinking about running. You go to bed thinking about running. If you're not thinking about running, it's because you are running. Like, your life has pretty much just revolved around training for this race. And while that sounds kind of silly, it's the reality. Like, you're planning your meals so that you're fueled properly for your race. You're planning your Friday evenings so that your Saturday morning long runs are optimal, that you're not staying up super late. And, like, all the things are revolving around your training. All of a sudden, you don't have that anymore because you just totally crushed your race and did a great job and it's over. So you don't really know what to do with all this extra free time that you have. And that's totally normal. All runners go through that. Um, So what can you do? You can spend some more time with your spouse, with your significant other, with your kids, with some family that you haven't really seen in a long time even if it is your in-laws that you don't really want to hang out with, but you kind of feel like you should because your family hasn't gone over there in a while. Um, You spend some more time like rolling around on the floor with a dog because you didn't want to do that before, worried that he would accidentally like headbutt you in the knee funny or something. I don't know. You know, start thinking about what's next for your training, thinking about it, not doing it. But do you want to do a fall race next year? And yeah, that's a year from now. So maybe you're thinking about, okay, I'm going to put in for the lottery for New York in January, and I'll find out in February, and then I have this time to do my base training, and then I can run New York in October, November, whenever it is next year. Um, start thinking about it. Maybe you want to PR that 5K in the spring before it starts getting too hot. Start thinking, planning that kind of stuff out. Um, enjoy the extra time sit down and read a book like an actual book not an audiobook that you listen to while you're out running because that's what I do it's either that or podcasts unless I'm really pushing hard then I need that like 90s grunge music but sit down with that book maybe you sit down and you have a glass of wine while you're reading your book because you haven't been drinking alcohol at all during your training cycle I'm not saying go out and drink the whole bottle have like a glass of wine but spend some time doing the things that you enjoy that you kind of pushed aside for these past handful of months while you've been training so it is normal don't think you're odd because now all of a sudden you don't really know what to do with yourself do something fun pick up a new hobby maybe you wanted to teach yourself I don't know how to do sudoku or however you say it like number thing that I can (laughs) never figure out maybe you want to learn how to cross stitch or rollerblade. I don't know bake learn how to bake vegan gluten-free cookies and send them to Coach Whitney because she's always looking for good stuff.
1: There you go. Learn how to like edit videos and maybe you can help me out with the 60 plus exercise videos I have in my <laughs> folder that need to be edited.
0: <laughs> yeah, find something, you know, to fill that time because you're gonna have, I mean, other than their long runs, you have probably a couple hours each day that you've either been doing strength training Running, foam rolling, doing some mobility workouts, you have all this extra time now throughout your week. So find something that you've been dying to do or wanting to do, but you can still run. I'm not saying don't run, just you have a little extra free time.
1: Yeah. And just and one thing that um, you kind of spoke about, but I just want to reiterate is you know, reflect on the process, right. And make sure you reflect on your training, reflect on your race and really, you know, celebrate the wins and don't get caught up in if you didn't meet your goal, right. Or you didn't get the time that you wanted, right. Like there were many wins that you had during this training cycle, whether it was you actually, you know, starting strength training or being consistent with strength training for the first time ever, or being consistent with a plan for the first time ever, or, you know, showing up for yourself, doing hard things, right? Like there's so many things you can list and, you know, make sure you take some time to really reflect on your race. I know I am going to do that. um, And I will share it with all of you in two weeks after my race, not the week after, because I don't think that's enough time to reflect on everything. Um, but I will definitely be doing that. And, you know, think about, yeah, what are the things that you really never have time for that you would like to do, like do those things. Um, And hopefully that will help prevent some of those like post race blues, but yeah, as you mentioned, it is common. um, It is normal to feel that way. Um, So don't feel like you're weird if you do feel that. Um, But, you know, try to think about how can you redirect um, some of that energy and focus um, in a positive way. So yeah, Yeah. as we,
0: sorry, I, I like to journal. I, I'm not a big journal person, but after a race, whether it doesn't matter the distance, I like to reflect and kind of take notes like, okay, I need to be better about my strength training, or I need to be better about my mobility stretching, or this worked really well. I need to make sure next time my pre long run meal worked really well for all my runs and for my race. So I want to make sure I do this, this, and this kind of take some notes so that next training cycle, whether that's in a year or five years, you can go back and say, okay, this worked. Let's at least start with this, or this really didn't work. Don't try this kind of thing. Cause you're going to forget, like, especially if it's a handful of years down the road before your next marathon, you want to have some notes to kind of look back over.
1: Yeah, no, I've been a big fan, um, of journaling and I mentioned this in our self-care tips for runners episode with Amy Mangetta. Um, that was one of her recommendations and Hey, I've actually implemented that and I've stuck with it every single night. That's how I end my day and every single morning. That's how I start my day. Uh, so it's been pretty neat. Honestly, I'm kind of really liking it and, um, yeah I think that will be uh, super helpful for you guys to reflect on it and just so you remember and you learn right and we're always growing we're always learning, and we're always building upon each race. so as we kind of wrap up here, uh coach Whitney, you know if you can change one thing about the misconception of marathon recovery, what would that be? that you need
0: to fit into a box like everybody recovery is going to be different. Your recovery is going to be unique to you. You need to listen to your body and you need to do what works for you because your recovery is not going to be the same as my recovery. While we can give you all these suggestions and you can talk to a coach, you can work with a coach, you can talk to another runner that you met at the race, your recovery is going to be unique to you. So make sure that you do what works for you, but you're not Finishing that race and doing nothing. Like, you need to actually be active and take the steps to help your recovery. Because if you just cross that finish line and that's it, you don't foam roll, you don't refuel, you don't have some water, like, it's you're going to have a miserable experience. So, you need to at least take some steps to do some of the things that we've recommended. Um, but, like I said, your recovery is going to be totally different than. Dwayne's recovery or my recovery. So listen to your body. Listen to your body and do what works for you.
1: Great, great advice. And um, just recapping here, what we really covered in today's episode was, everything to do after your marathon. So we have many episodes that we've done in this whole series of what to do before your marathon, how to train for your marathon, nutrition for marathon running, mindset for marathon running. Um, Here is what you're going to do after your race, which really starts after you cross that finish line. So ideally, you've listened to this before your race, so you know what to do on the day of the race. And you really talked about that at the race. And then that same day, when we get home, what should we be doing to help stimulate this recovery process? so we do start feeling more like ourselves, um, a little bit sooner. And then what we should be doing the days after and really the weeks after. Um, so yeah, this was super helpful. Um, you know, thank you so much coach, um, for sharing these tips. And if you are kind of struggling with figuring out, you know, the training side of things or the recovery side of things Um, with marathon training, half marathon training. um, And, you know, some of the things that we talked about today, if you're like, Hey, you know, I really struggle with always having that knee pain, or I always struggle with not knowing how much mileage to do when to rest. Um, Should I, you know, I had to skip a run. Should I just like double up? Um, How do I make up That mileage, right? How do you adjust your plan as you go? Um, Our Healthy Runner team of coaches would be honored to guide and support you in meeting your marathon goal or whatever running goal that you have in our one-on-one signature coaching program. You have a team behind you, right? Each step of the way, whether it is, you know, myself as a physical therapist or registered dietitian, Brooke, or any of our amazing run coaches like coach Whitney here, um, we will kind of keep you accountable. We will provide you the structured run and strength plans as well as the support. To really enjoy this process so you can become a lifelong injury-free runner. Um, And I get a lot of people who reach out, you know, after their marathon is done. Um, They've listened to previous episodes and they realize that they just didn't do the right strategies. I get that all the time. People sending me DMs and being like, hey, I just listened to episode 141. And I realized I did everything wrong. And that is why I didn't get my goal, or that is why I'm injured. And now you're looking to kind of do it the right way. This is the best time to actually do it the right way, not waiting four, six, eight six, eight months um, before you have a specific race. Because as I mentioned earlier, it is this base training phase that you really need to get the clarity on what you need to focus on and strengthen the areas that you need to focus on. So next time, a month, two months before your marathon race, you don't get injured or you actually run faster or you hit your workouts without feeling fatigued. Um, So this is the time of the year. If you just finished a marathon that you really want to kind of get these strategies down that are going to help you really going forward in your training and in your running journey. So if you want to see if you're a good fit for a healthy runner coaching program, um, there is a link in the show notes that you can just schedule your call, hop on a strategy call with me, and we'll talk about your situation. And if it's a good fit, we'll talk about what it'll look like to work together. And if it's not a good fit, I'm going to give you my best recommendation, point you in the right direction. Um, So you can simply schedule that call by just going to my calendar at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching. Um, Yeah, Coach Whitney, this is fun. This is always, we, we always, go long of course you know because it's just so easy to talk to you um but thanks for coming on i really really appreciate it um of i can't yeah.
0: wait to hear how your race goes i'm excited for you it's gonna
1: be great gonna i can't great. wait either yeah this is the last episode before the big race we've been talking about this for months now so you guys have been with me during this journey and honestly i'll be thinking about you guys as i'm out there um when the going gets tough I'll be thinking about the community behind me, supporting me, um, getting through this race. And I just love you guys. I love the support again. I love, um, you know, what we've been able to do and continue to, you know, produce this podcast on a consistent weekly basis, um, 144 weeks straight, um, providing that value for you. So we're, we're consistent consistently showing up just like you should be consistently showing up for your runs and your strength training. So thank you guys for listening as always. Um, if you like this training, then you will surely like the next. So if you're listening on the podcast, Just queue up episode 118 to learn all about what to do before and on race day with Coach Whitney um, as we walk you through our Spark Race Day Blueprint, Um, or if you're watching this on YouTube, just click the next recommended video for you. Let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running. Until next time. Bye, guys. Hey, healthy runners. Have you been listening to this podcast for a while and have been implementing the strategies we talk about on a weekly basis? If so, kudos to you for taking action because we all know those that are successful are those that take action. However, I do talk to many of you runners and you guys are trying to implement the strategies. Maybe you've seen some exercises on my Spark Your Training YouTube channel, but you're just not sure if that is exactly what you should be doing depending upon your situation. So if you're looking for clarity and focus in order to be able to collapse time so you don't have to figure it out all by yourself. That is exactly what we take care of with our team of experts in our one-on-one personalized run coaching program to get you stronger and faster so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. What do you get when you sign up for the Healthy Runner Coaching Program? You get 16 weeks of one-to-one run and strength training, coaching, and accountability you get strategic one-on-one deep dive coaching on a monthly basis you get focused feedback on your training on a weekly basis you get the strength program for running resource library and you get lifetime access to that. You also get an online personalized structured run and strength plan. You get a community of like-minded runners and then access to our trusted healthy runner coaching team made up of certified run coaches, a physical therapist, a registered dietitian, and personal trainers and fitness instructors. If you are interested in seeing if you are a good fit to work with myself or anyone on our team, then just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching check out the behind the scenes video tour of the program and hear from runners just like you who have been through our program before we would love to provide you the clarity on what you should be focusing on in your training whether it is getting stronger with strength training the specific types of runs you should be doing or the nutrition you should be fueling your body with for those runs if you're ready to get the support and accountability you need to take action and put the work in then i would love to hop on a call with you to see if you're a good fit for a one-on-one healthy runner coaching program just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching and get signed up for your enrollment strategy call with me today Thanks so much for listening, and if you found this content valuable, here's four ways I can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkyourtraining. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com/slash/sparkyourtraining. Five. Leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential runners and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner to help you get stronger, faster, so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Lastly, if you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner and want one-on-one structure, accountability, and support, From our Healthy Runner coaching team, check out the -the behind-the-scenes video tour of our coaching program and the stories from many of our athletes who are struggling with the same sticking points that you are right now. Just head to programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening. Now go and crush your run today.